Jordan Canalano cannot read at all. <laughs> Wilson Cruz is queer on TV. <laughs> Bethany had a crush on her, Claire Danes' dad, and LT just had a crush on Claire Danes. Oh, blah, da, da, da. oh, blah, da, my so-called life. Oh, <laughs> my, my so-called life. Welcome uh, to Your Inner Child is an Idiot, the podcast where we look back on the things from your childhood and wonder if they were any good to begin with. My name is Damon. I'm DJ. Nice Welcome, to meet you. DJ. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Thank it's you. been good. Uh, good to touch base. Good to see what's coming down the pipe and the pike. Uh, it's good to be seen. It's good to have you here in person in the studio and definitely not still at your house. Yeah, well... I also have my mask on, but I have my mask over my mic as well so that my mouth yeah. is touching the mic. I like to just put my, my mask over my eyes so that I just can't tell what you're doing. Thank um, you. And I appreciate that because I'm changing. We're talking about my so-called life, uh, apparently short-lived TV show. I didn't know how short-lived it was. One season, 1994 to early 1995, the main thing that I know about this is Claire Danes. And uh, that is the thing. Uh, this except is the origin of Claire Danes, at least as far as the, as I'm concerned. This is how she got her superpowers. <laughs> yeah. Um, she fell into a vat of uh, radioactive teenageness and, uh, <laughs> and came out fully formed. Um, yeah. I, I remember this. My, I remember this, uh, my brother making an event to watch the premiere of this show. Um, I remember it. I can't bank that he remembers it. Um, but uh, I remember it being like, uh, we must watch this show at this time. Appointment TV, that's what they call it. Yes. Appointment viewing. Um, a lost art. And um, you Take got Take that, a, WandaVision. <laughs> uh, you had uh, Claire Danes. You had, um, of course, Jared Leto. This show unleashed oh. the kraken that was Jared Leto's ego upon us. But he was, was so gorgeous, like disturbingly, achingly beautiful. This is where he came from. Was this before the band? Was his band? 30 Seconds to Mars? Yeah. Uh, I believe so. Okay. Yeah, I mean, probably he was like a teenager. Yeah, he was right? like a, okay. he was a tiny, tiny boy. Um, and uh, I remember he would wear these tiny leather chokers in the show. Um just tattooed in my brain for some reason. <laughs> for some, I have no idea why. I don't know that. I, so I don't think this is uh, fair to either show. But I got this and life goes on confused. Um, like like in our intro just now. Yeah, I think that's maybe that's why I thought of that. Um, just started seeing that before. Well, if you're seeing Kelly Martin, you're watching Life Goes On. If you're seeing Claire Danes, My So Called Life. I hope that cleared it up for you. Life Goes On had the the brother with Down syndrome. Yeah. Okay. Quirky. Um, I think I saw- And it's like from the 80s, like late 80s, as Life Goes On. Is it? Okay. That was a I... Phyllis show, my so-called life, Jason show. That's how I classify you... it. You're right, but also, uh, <laughs> it ran from 1989 to 1993, but then reruns ran from 92 to 95. So- You're counting reruns? No, I'm counting like reruns just in that 
I may have not actually ever see. seen it when it was originally on the air. Um, but I think I saw Life Goes On a lot more, and I don't know that I've – I know of It was certainly made more life. episodes, so the odds were in its favor. Yeah, I, I don't know – I don't know that I've ever actually seen full episodes of my so-called life. And I have to say, uh, generous supporter of the show, Larissa Maestro has a band called my so-called band. I feel like we must mention that. And they do. Uh, we should, it should be noted. Let the record show. They are um, excellent. They do. They are fantastic. Songs. Other than that, I don't have a lot uh, more to say about Life Goes On. I'm excited to watch it because I think that it will be it will some of it will age like mayonnaise in the sun and some of it will probably still be good i just feel like there's there's some things that like a show like this which uh is very much of its time purposefully like there are some of that that like if you don't have the nostalgia for it as someone that didn't watch it i'm just gonna be like okay but then you know it got really well reviewed so i think it might actually be something i'm interested in I'm trying to see. Uh, I know that it was, I mean, we, we already covered it lasted for one season. There's something in my head saying that TV Guide, uh, this became a recurring feature every year, but uh, that TV Guide invented the Save Our Show feature that they did every year for My So-Called Life. That may oh. just be something I just made up, but I remember them running a thing to try and get people to uh, stop ABC from canceling it. Um, mm. And as you saw when you looked up how long it ran, they failed. Um, it did not work. The only thing I remember about this is that Jordan, it's revealed that Jordan Canelato cannot read at one point. Um, and I do remember that Wilson Cruz, um, who's now on Star Trek Discovery, uh, he was the first, um, I think he was out at the time, he was the first out actor playing an out gay character in... Uh, oh. I'm saying the first, but that may not be actually true. <laughs> But uh, I think he, when he was hired, he uh, he did not come out to the the casting agent, but he was hired to play Wilson Cruz, and it sort of pushed him out the door, as it were, sir. Um, but uh, I wanted to note that that is a little piece of uh, TV history, or may not be, <laughs> or, or may not be. I mean, it's still a piece of TV history. Um, he was a person of color playing a queer uh, kid on uh, primetime television. I'm yeah. sure a '90s Phyllis was pissed about it. Um, did that representation mean anything to you at the time, though? No, because I didn't want to yeah. watch this. I wanted to car watch cartoons. Yeah, I was annoyed that Jason changed the channel. <laughs> yeah, I was annoyed when uh, American Gladiators came on after cartoons, and that was basically a cartoon in real life. So, okay, we're gonna watch my so-called life, and we'll be right back. Look, you can you can support our podcast if you want. I don't even care. Paige, do you even remember the website? Because I don't. I don't care. Well, first off, what's a website? Uh, I mostly do zines um, and uh, and the like. But if I had to guess, it would probably be. Uh, you're in a child is an idiot.com or patreon.com slash you're in a child is an idiot. One of those two backslash should be specified. It's 1994. So we'd still be saying HTTPS colon slash slash yeah. www before we'd every, be saying, uh, before every um, URL. It's 1994 when we logged on originally. And so I want you to go straight to. <laughs> <laughs> 
Make sure your sister's not on the phone. You want to log in that way. Right. Otherwise, she's going to call your Jennifer, friends. She's going to knock off. you off. Get on! Jen! Welcome. That was my uh, AOL. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately... You got mail. Thank you. I was going to say, I was like, less po- as popular as I remember, how you didn't have any mail. Hello. Goodbye. Sometimes... Oh, uh, the goodbye always creeps me that all. I say that all the time that way, still, to this day. Goodbye. Uh, Trixie Mattel, a drag queen that you may be or may not be familiar with. When she I actually ends am her, familiar with it. <laughs> when she ends her, her shows online, she says it in that Siri AOL logging off. Goodbye. It's very eerie. And I think I just realized, I knew it was robotic on purpose, but I think I just realized she is mimicking the, the person on AOL as you sign off. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, Patreon.com slash your favorite chat is an idiot. <laughs> we are back. We watched, we watched a smattering of episodes of My So-Called Life. A situational MSCL. comedy, a situational dramedy. <laughs> um, Except like there are situations, so I can't fault you on that one. I don't know if the itty would ever come into it. It seemed like a straight up drama. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I guess I, I, the marketing hey. of it was like sometimes being a teen is funny, and I'm like, <laughs> is it? I think you're advertising a different show. Stop uh, laughing, DJ, and just let the tears flow. Not everything's got to be a joke, you know. For the for the super fans of my so-called life, we did not watch every episode. We we chose five episodes. We chose episode one. Because we have name. fucking jobs, MSCL super fans. Back it's off ca- and stop writing letters. It's uh it's called Pilo. It's a reference to a French <laughs> poet. Um and he was named after the first episode in a series, which is called a pilot. So um sorry, that was stupid. That was a stupid joke. Um but you got to it, and I appreciate the flop sweat that came with uh, reciting it. <laughs> Just uh, tap dancing my way to some <laughs> sort of punchline. I'm not going to recap this, mostly because I don't remember what happened in any of these. I'm just going to like... Oh, I mean, I can vaguely recap it, right? She dyes her hair red. That's the big... Uh... That's the big moment. That was when we all grew up. Um, yeah. And, and then we lost our innocence when Felicity cut her hair off. That's, those are the two <laughs> markers of American history. Before Angela Chase dyed her hair red, and after Felicity cut her hair off. Sure, right. Uh, so uh, Angela has a friend who bores the hell out of her. Um, I can't remember the friend's name, but she remained in it longer than I thought she would. She, I kept calling her Melissa Gilbert because she had a Melissa Sharon. Gilbert vibe. Sharon, of course. She comes back around. Um, and uh, she, uh, Angela dyes her hair red, and uh, her mom interprets it as attacking her. She falls in with Rayanne, uh, a, 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 a fun, she's, a fun-loving she's a bad girl. Kid. She's a bad kid. <laughs> and Ricky, uh, uh, a queer, a queer kid. Um, I don't think and he's out of that also point. bad. He's also bad. bad. He is. He has turned his back upon the Lord, and thus uh, deserves and, death. And he's not white. Mm, thank you. So not into that. You're real. You're real, Betsy. Um, anyway, they're they're having fun being teens. Uh, Angela's in love with uh, Hottie Boom Body uh, Jordan Catalano, who leans against things. Sometimes leans against walls. Sometimes leans against lockers. Uh, sometimes yes, he leans surly. against against the patriarchy. Man, 
Oh, wow. No, he would, he would never. Uh, and uh, eventually uh, they go to, they try and get into a, a club. What's the club's called? Let's Bolt is the name of the club. Let's Bolt. Oh, I, love wow. a, I love a club whose title is also a full sentence. Understood you as the subject. Sure. Let's, oh wait, no. Let us bolt. Let us bolt. Us. <laughs> you. Us hey, you. The, the, hey, you. Hey, let you. Let us bolt. Hey, you. Let us bolt. Um, <laughs> do you want to talk about like each Hold episode? on. And then, um, okay. what's her name? Rayanne gets uh, sexually assaulted in the parking oh, lot. Shit, that's this one. I thought yeah. that was. Yeah. Uh, hmm. And uh, it's sort of treated as things happen. Uh, and then Angela sees her father sort of arguing with a woman who's not his wife. Uh, and then she goes and uh, hugs her mom, who she's had tension with the entire episode. Obviously, the whole series, I feel like, really touches on the mother-daughter dynamic, so like, we can talk more about that. But this first episode has a super weird father-daughter dynamic moment. Um, yeah, that, there, there's a scene where, or I'm assuming you're talking about when Angela comes out of the shower and the dad, Graham, uh, yes. is super awkward about it. And I was like, if... If I didn't know you were related, I would think this is like a meet cute in a rom-com. But instead, you seem to be obsessing about your daughter's breasts coming through her perhaps too short of a towel. Yeah, and he complains to the wife, to the mom, too, about, about that. And like, she needs to wear a longer towel or something. I'm just like, what is happening right now? I feel like I, I knew what the sentiment the show was going for, but it was a very awkward way of doing it. He was distracted. He was finally seeing his daughter as a young woman. But also skeezing about it and making everyone uncomfortable. You and I knew this was coming. But Lauren forgot that we got Jared Leto. We got Jared Leto from this. She said From the loud. get. From the get, we yeah. got Jared Leto. I mean, He's I remember coming. him more than uh, almost anything else. I never watched this show as a kid, but I remember my brother watching it, as I said during the intro. But I remembered Jared Leto in this because he's um, achingly beautiful. Like, he is a very handsome man with with parts that are symmetrically placed on his face. It's just um, so, so, so teenage 90s. Oh, well, like, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that he w is trendy for our times. He wasn't yeah. a time traveler. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Which he is maybe now. Right. Um, but... He was just very eyes. attractive in a way that I feel like uh, was uh, something you had to uh, deal with. Even as a closeted kid, seeing just a commercial for My So-Called Life before the pilot aired, you're like, that is a person who's, I want his parts on my parts, maybe. You got your Claire Danes, you got your Jared Leto, tune in next week. What else <laughs> do you need Open the doors, know? see all the people. Just real quick, an important note that I have before the, we moved on to the next episode, I wrote, this is boring, I'm bored. So, <laughs> just a little little, uh, little uh, breadcrumb of, of things to come. It felt a little, this episode especially felt, I mean, that might have been the pilot element to it. It felt very yeah. sort of like all over the place. Um, I was very curious, I, I, I don't know if this is a criticism of the show, but I was very interested in the fact that they sort of left out I mean, the first scene, and you sort of see Angela, pre-dyed hair, talking to her friend Sharon, and Sharon's just sort of droning on about, I don't even remember what, and the show like slowly like tunes out the volume on Sharon, so you're just sort of in Angela's 
thoughts. Um, and you get the impression that she sort of, this is her childhood friend. And we see in the, the very yeah. first scene, which is a flashback scene to a trip they took together to London. It looks like probably with their families, I would hope. Um, <laughs> and so you get the impression these are like lifelong friends. And then like, the next scene or fairly soon after she's hanging out with Rayanne and Ricky and we never like see them meet or anything or how this friendship sort of develops. I don't know if I hate that because I think that would be also kind of awkward in pilots. Um, Right. And also seems a little bit true to um, some of my friendships in high school where all of a sudden this person I was just like talking to on the bus is at my house two days later. Hi, right. Zach. <laughs> I think that was our our meeting story is that <laughs> Zach rode on the bus with me and then all of a sudden he was at my house every day for a week. Um, and that's how we became friends. Uh, yeah. So that seems like true to, uh, well, yeah, and the, true and to the, teenage like, life. Your friend from fourth grade on, all of a sudden it just, you don't have as much in common anymore and you just sort of like right. start hanging out with other people and it's like, sometimes it's no big deal and sometimes it becomes this big drama like it is in this. And I think that was... That was all fine, but it was not the smoothest executing executed storytelling of that. No, it, it seems like, like this episode has a lot of like sort of flab in it, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I also was surprised because I hadn't seen this before. Um, I didn't realize the parents were as much of a part of it as all as they are it. overall. Um, but all they they it. have their whole they have a whole arc in this uh, as well as the kids. Oh, yeah. um, well, you, when we got Frances McDormand, you want to use her, you know, that's, Oh yeah. You're like, she's going to be big in two years. So we better use her now. Right. <laughs> she's, she's, uh, we're so early in the game that we actually don't know who that is. So we got this woman who just kind of looks like her a little bit. Weren't you in blood simple? No. <laughs> oh, that's a whole different actress. You're not ah. Frances McDormand. Well, you're already at the studio. Why don't you just go ahead? Come on in. Read these lines. That's fine. <laughs> That's all the all the casting from this. It's like, yeah, all right. Come on in. I also like watching pilots because you you see all these ideas that they thought they were going to implement throughout the show and got quickly jettisoned soon the space after. aliens. The space aliens was interesting. Um, that Angela could stop time by touching her two fingers together. That right, was nice. Right. That Burt Reynolds was her alien father that lived in a glass <laughs> jar on her shelf. That was abandoned. Um, but also there's like a lot of like weird POV shots in this. There's a shot yeah. under her sweater when she's like hiding. Yeah, they in, got real experimental. And I was like, yeah. I don't know, show. I feel uncomfortable being in this 15-year-old girl's sweater. But hey, Try it out. See how it plays. Um, there were a few other ones, but it was very uh, is very weird. Oh, what's his name? Krakow. Poorly named. Especially in an episode where they keep tying it to Anne Frank. Don't have a character named Krakow that just keeps reminding me about the Holocaust in your show about teenagers. Um, but he like takes pictures of Angela while she's like being Ugh. angsty in the yearbook room. And I'm like, uh, no, show... Don't well, not like this. Don't, we'll don't get do more this. and more into this, but they're clearly setting him up as the you know, the 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 person you should be with is has been in front of you this whole time. <laughs> but like, he's possibly the worst character in this, like, <laughs> of this show full of terrible characters. Oh really? Uh, I didn't think he. I thought he he definitely treaded that line of like, oh god, is this going to be nice guy uh, thing? Um, but I don't I think know. He was, didn't get all my nerves. He felt like a really, uh, he felt like a real person to me. Like not I necessarily think was, someone I want to hang out with, but he felt like right. a real person to me. I think it was the 
the acting that that sort of because I was like, is he? Am I? Do I hate this character or do I hate this acting? Oh, I didn't by this person. Him, uh, I thought wise. he. Um, yeah. Well, it was just that like you've seen humans before, right? No. Um, <laughs> I okay. told you, I've just been staying in this house. <laughs> I was born here, I will die here. That is what the witch told me. Let's move on to episode seven, which is the next one we watched. We went by some lists that I found. I don't remember uh, why specifically <laughs> we chose these episodes. Is this... This is why Jordan can't read. Why Jordan can't read, Which yeah. never actually gets explained. Yeah, he's just... Well, she thinks he's... Um, Dyslexic. Dyslexic. Angela thinks he's dyslexic, um, but they don't really say whether he is or isn't. Maybe it gets explored in an episode we didn't watch more thoroughly, but... Well, it felt like... I, I guess I was... Um, I mean, maybe this is more of an overall thought, but I thought that this, because it was like a mid-90s show, that it would be very episodic. Um, yeah. But it also is a primetime soap opera, not to denigrate it. But so these storylines like go on. But I figured when a show, when an episode is titled Why Jordan Can't Read, you might answer that question. You might get around to it. But it felt like like it was very into Jordan not being able to read in the first part and then sort of just uh, does its own thing. (laughs) It's kind of like jazz, these episodes. (laughs) It's like uh, Stacy's Big Secret. What is it? also diabetes, not dyslexia, another D uh, disease. But it'd be like if they didn't actually reveal what <laughs> Stacey's big secret right. was. Guess she just doesn't like cupcakes. Tune in next book. Um, <laughs> we may have learned this in the intervening episodes, but... Wait, do you want to recap this episode? Sorry. I'm not sure that I can. Uh, oh, yeah, I can. Let me try. Let me try. Let me Please. Try, let me try. Let me try. Let me try. Let me try. Angela writes a note addressed to Jordan about how she feels about him. Right. Um, but she doesn't want to give it to him. She just wanted to, like, write it out. Um, and, but she lets... Rayanne? Yeah, Rayanne. Rayanne. She lets Rayanne read it. And, of course, Rayanne, being a careless friend, um, leaves the note. And then Jordan finds it, and he gives it back to her. But it's very clear that he hasn't actually read it. She doesn't believe him at first, but then it turns out she guesses. She guesses in a pretty big leap of logic that he uh, can't read. And then that's that's kind of dropped because he invites her to watch his band, Frozen Embryos, rehearse. And, and they refer to each other in conversation as the embryos. Me and the other embryos are going to go to the ice cream parlor or whatever. Uh, and they he shares with her a song he's working out. He's... he's <sighs> Just kind of vibing on this song. Um, <sighs> he talks about what is it? Old, it's not old red. What is it? Like uh, it big is red, red. Uh, just red. But it's just red. And she, being a uh, woman with red hair, thinks it's about her, but is uh, it's about his car. I mean the the jumping on the uh, the jumping to he cannot read is a big leap. But I feel like this song being sung to her at a uh, rehearsal he invited her to. No, that uh, one felt no. like a. Felt I mean, like a it was clear that it was cl- the the show did a good job of sort of like semi telegraphing it just because he's mm-hmm. a fucking idiot. But then also like when you listen to the lyrics he's saying you're kind of like. Okay, this is clearly <laughs> going to be a misdirect. <laughs> um. I did. Uh, I did think. I suspect that Jared Leto pulled a Bette Midler and Hocus Pocus, and he was like, "I want to have a song this episode. I want you to light me well while I sing it, please." Um, it felt very. Uh, Do you think he had in. that kind of pull at this time? Uh, 
I don't or know, do you think but they, it felt like it like, felt like this song was oddly produced, like for a guy sitting on a bench, like playing guitar, and then like he was backlit at one point, and then and I thought it would just be like a few lines, but it like went on for a while, and I was like, okay, can we? You guys only have forty five minutes for the for the I show, like hour long show in the nineties. You got to give fifteen to commercials. You lost that already. We're gonna spend four minutes on Jared Leto singing this piece of shit song. I feel like the scenario is more like they found out this this young, very pretty man can uh, can sing, quote unquote, and so they <laughs> made him do it. You're like, oh, you're we're doing this. We're I a insist little, he we're had a little the light of a Bette Midler in nineteen ninety five. This also is, I mean, this is a bigger point, but this is just uh, another in the long line of TV shows and movies that the chemistry between two people is just that they're pretty. Like, there, there is no actual... Have you been honestly, to an American high school? It's also pretty <laughs> true to life, but it's like, it's also like, why are you interested in each other? Jordan Catalano hates you. <laughs> and he's an idiot. So, like, why are we doing this? No, I, I, one of the things I appreciate about this show is that Jordan Catalano sucks. He's very yes, clearly yeah. a fuckboy and he sucks. He he's stupid. They have nothing in common. Yeah. He's completely self centered. Um, and the show seems to be readily acknowledge that. Um, yeah. and I kind of liked it about the show that. He obviously is not a good fit for her or yeah. potentially any human being on this planet. Uh, but I mean, when you're a teenager, you're also a fucking moron. So yeah. why would yeah. I mean, if you saw Jordan Cantalano in the hallway leaning, putting Visine in his eyes, you would also be in love with him, even though he's a fucking idiot. It's true. And I think they they do a good job of like he doesn't really grow much, you know, as far as the character goes, <laughs> but like a little bit here and there. And, you know, he has moments and all this, but like, he's just, he a seems to kid. like her by the later episodes. Well, he's just a fucking kid. Right. Like, and they, I feel like they, you see that when he has moments, especially with like Claire's mom or with, um, Angela's mom later. And she just like, looks at him like, you're just a fucking idiot kid. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of, it's kind of charming. A fucking idiot kid who in that episode drinks three glasses of milk in rapid succession. I was very I slam those. Got to slam. I was very those. concerned. It's a thirty minute. Was it a thirty minute challenge? <laughs> do you uh, do you think Leto had started his method acting at this point? Do you think he was? He left a condom in in uh, Claire Dane's uh, locker. Right, used condom because that was that's what Jordan would do, and it's also what his character in Dallas Buyers Club would do, and it's also uh, what the lead singer of Thirty Seconds to Mars would do, and it's also what the Joker would do. Weirdly, all his characters leave condoms uh, for their co-stars in in every movie he does. But he's so method. Yeah, what an exhausting personality I am, trait. I am Jordan Catalano. <laughs> I okay. am a pretty boy who leans. <laughs> And wears tight wrong. chokers. Uh, so you got to be able to swallow, Jordan. We also uh, I watched- want to point out in this yeah. episode. Sorry, uh, there is a great scene or great moment, at least for me, when um, Angela is annoyed at Jordan, and so Jordan goes up to Ricky to ask uh, what her deal is, essentially, and he sort of touches. Uh, Ricky on the shoulder, and Ricky like just looks down at the hand because <laughs> it's also obvious that Ricky is a human being and I was also in love with Jordan Catalano. Right. Uh, so Ricky gets a few good scenes where um, he gets to look longingly at men. <laughs> and this scene, he just uh, just gently touches Ricky's shoulder and Ricky 
stares at it for a minute and seems to get distracted. <laughs> I was very pleased. As a as a young gay who also longed, uh, it hit me right here. To have longed. Ah, uh, to have longed. Get me a window to look out of wistfully. We move on to episode 10, Other People's Mothers. I'd like to sum this one up. Please. Uh, this is the story of uh, Betsy. Is it Betsy? Is that the mom's name? Betsy or Betty? Or Becky? Uh, Betsy? Rance. Rance's mom? No, no, no. Our mom. Angela's oh. mom. The audience's mom. I think it is Betsy. Uh, she is putting together a uh, 50th anniversary party for her parents. Um, and uh, let me tell pa- you, it's stressing Patty? her out. Patty? Is it Patty? That's what says Patty Chase. Oh, wow. Anyway, Patty is putting together a party for her, her mother and father for their anniversary. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, the fondue restaurant won't work out because her father had a, had a health issue. He's going to be fine, but they're going to move the venue to the Chase household. That means they've got to cook everything. But then the grandmother's sort of taking over the menu. It's stressing everyone out, especially Graham, who's a big foodie. He may want to be a chef later by the season's end. Ah, oh, it's stressing everyone out, and that's pretty much the episode. Oh, and Rayanne almost dies of alcohol poisoning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also, uh, also, we learned that maybe uh, maybe Angela doesn't have it so bad uh, with her mom. Wow. Maybe having a responsible mom is okay, after all. <laughs> maybe having a, a responsible mom who puts very light strictures on your life isn't so God, mom, bad. shut up! <laughs> uh, um, this may have been the most deranged episode. Yeah. Um, and also the episode where I started to realize that I felt like the teenage stories um, were very teenage and realistic and seemed like they were from a dramatic show. And then the parents' stories were all very home improvement uh, type type stories where, uh, you know, and what I can't even remember if if the parents have a storyline in Why Jordan Can't Read. Um, Oh, the mom thinks she's pregnant. In why yeah. Jordan can't read, um, she hasn't had her period, um, so she's sort of freaking out. Is she premenopausal? Is she um, is she pregnant? And they go through this whole thing where you know they're thinking about whether they want to have another kid. The father sort of gets into it because he's got two girls. He's always wanted a son, and then she's not pregnant. And, you know, he gets sad and they have this sort of Jill and Tim moment at the end of Home Improvement. And then in this episode, it's all about the stress about this 50th anniversary party that's just going off the rails. But meanwhile, Rayanne's clearly got like an alcohol problem. But I'm like, they keep cutting back to this sort of very... Not hokey, but very Just like low stakes, low and very stakes. Sitcom-y. Oh, yeah. my mom's driving me crazy over here. She brought a turkey to the party <laughs> we're hosting for her, and I'm like, "There's a girl dying." <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? Uh, and that sort of continues, and that may, of course, just be the luck of the draw with the five we've watched, but right. it just seemed very weird to me that the the parents' stories are so sitcommy. Um, yeah. To me, and the the grandma in this is straight up the the mom from the room. <laughs> I definitely have cancer. She, uh, I and really they just move on. <laughs> I kind of liked her. I couldn't. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell if it was a poor characterization or a very realistic characterization of a character because she seemed very fine with 
the teenagers not being there at the party. She knew that the teenagers yeah. wouldn't want to hang out at a bunch of, you know, older people's 50th wedding anniversary uh, party. Um, but then she also seemed very imposing. And maybe that was just a very realistic way. She's imposing on her daughter, but not on her granddaughter. Um right. I don't know. She just, maybe if I had more time to macerate with this character, don't say macerate. Um, Absolutely I would, not. I would get a better beat on her, but she, she, it was hard to place. She was a little bit Cruella DeVille, a little bit like cool grandma. And I couldn't like put her in yeah, a category into a box where I could then, you know, forget about her forever. To zoom out a little though, this was, and it, I hate to, cause I agree with your point about the sort of difference in the feeling, the vibe from the, parent story arcs and the the teens but also this was the first episode that actually made me laugh like it was pretty uh-huh. funny in parts like not obviously a, a youth dying of alcohol poisoning but <laughs> like when uh angela tells Rand that she can't go to her party but she'll help her prepare because she has to go to her grandparents wedding and she says wow go hang with your grandparents memorize memorize all the state birds or whatever <laughs> And then there's Which a I moment, found offensive because I like memorizing the state birds. Because they're most, 25 of them are Mockingbird. I was, was going to say, they're either Mockingbird or Cardinal. There, you've yeah. got most of them. Um, so there's also a moment where uh, Rayanne is like half passed out on the bed and then she's getting a tattoo from just some random party goer. <sighs> and... And she, like when um, Angela's mom comes in, she like shoes him away and he goes, hey, I'm just Rayanne's an artist mom. trying to make a living. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, okay, okay. <laughs> but it was also really funny. And then also there's a moment where Graham is at, they, we cut back to the grandparents' party. Yeah, this you're right. That was not, that was Rayanne's mom at that yeah. point. Um, we cut back to the, to Graham is at the, the party at their house. And he's <laughs> clearly looking at photos of fish. Like we, we, we pan across a bunch of different conversations as we get to <laughs> the mom. And, Graham's just like looking at photos and he's like, wow, a big one. <laughs> wow, whoa, another big one. And he's like clearly just so bored. And then we also catch the <laughs> the tail end of a of a like snotty conversation by it's like one of the grandma's friends or something. Yeah. Like I, it's not it's not the grandma, but she's like, I put down my chopsticks and said to the waiter, if it smells like MSG and tastes like MSG. <laughs> She was the most ludicrous character. Uh, she was it. very much in the background, but she looked like she would be um, the wealthy dowager we need to impress or she won't fund the museum. Like that's, right, the, yeah. like that's the character she was. Pearls, possibly a scarf with the pearls. How did she get away with it? Um, she was completely deranged. Yeah, all the characters um, at the uh, the old people's party were very... Uh, very thing, but I feel like we're avoiding uh, avoiding the Rayanne stuff because this whole thing is very after school special yes. about Rayanne's drinking and kind of like why Jordan can't read. It like brings up the fact that she obviously has a drinking problem, and then when we just in what we were choosing to watch, we skipped ahead to betrayal, which is a few episodes after this, and she's still drinking. And I'm like, yeah, oh, we haven't we really, which I guess it, yeah. is very realistic, but yeah. you'd think that there would be sort of some consequences of some sort yeah come to jesus moment i don't know what her come to jesus moment was but maybe i would be more annoyed if there was like you need to stop drinking ray and ray was like you're right and then it like freeze frames and it you know cuts to 
Well, it's very clear that they the were not done with this story. You know what I right. mean? Like, we'll get to that more as we get to the end of uh, of the season and also the show. But, like, I wonder if they had maybe not detailed plans, but they had kind of planned to, like, bear that out a little bit more and, like, make it... Because she does... There are consequences for that. Like, she yeah. does... We'll get into that in the next episode. Like, she, she does, like, lose her... Uh, some of her friendships and stuff like that. And, like, it's not because she's drinking but it's clearly like her kind of careless the way she's been acting over time it's not just like these one thing and i think so like i can see that as more of like a meta arc that they were like getting to and then maybe it was going to get even worse or something i don't know what who knows what they were going to do and i doubt they had that like no i mean by beat mapped out but i think it is clear that they 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 obviously were planting a lot of seeds uh even yeah. watching the last episode, Tyler was confused. He's like, "This is the last episode," and like they didn't know that yeah. they were going to be canceled. So they have they didn't know they were planting a lot of seeds for a second season that would never come. Because we see, you know, the father being interested possibly in the uh, the partner he has at the the right the restaurant he's planning. Um, we see Rayanne and Angela still haven't made up by the end of of the season. Yeah. Uh, Something's going on with Ricky, I'm sure. Ricky, I'm sure he gets more storylines in other episodes, but a lot of times he felt very much just like, I am an exposition machine, and I am also gay, but mostly exposition, please. And he would just sort of regurgitate uh, things, mostly where boys are at specific times. Like that's that's that what like he brings superpower. to your Dungeons and Dragons campaign is yeah. knowing exactly where all the hot boys in high school are <laughs> at any given time. Which I kind of I liked as a running joke is that he he knew exactly where they would be because it reminded me a little bit of me in college. <laughs> oh, I know where Wes will be. Um, he would be getting to the gym around four forty five. So the next episode that we watch is episode seventeen, betrayal. Um. The, the bullet point of this one is uh, Ran uh, sleeps with Jordan, and Jordan sleeps with Ran. Um, <laughs> Correct. Sort of a <laughs> one-two punch. Uh, and obviously, it's uh, bad uh, for the relationships all around. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Ran, can we? I uh, I mean, this sort of plays into the drinking thing, but Ran. Sucks. Rayanne makes me so uncomfortable. I've ha- I've never had a friend as bad as Rayanne, but I have had friends that just like they're just so untethered and chaotic, chaotic neutral that it just I like routines. I like plans. Um, I like not trading shoes. Who? Uh, uh, that just Rayanne makes me so uncomfortable. I can definitely see how a person like Angela, who's still trying to find who she is, could fall into this person. But I have been in situations where those type of people come into my life and I'm like, oh, wow, this person really wants to be my friend. And they sort of latch on to you and you just, you quickly realize like, oh God, this person's going to take me down with them. I have to get them off. And I was, uh, don't, I don't have to get them off, TJ. I, I mean, that's what Jordan did. That's a good point. Nice. Um, I mean, I assume. But I was also very good at like being like, I got to get away from this person. This person's bad yeah. news. Um, yeah. But uh, Rayanne is just no good. And again, it may be the episodes we watched, but right. it never seemed like it reciprocated in a good way for Angela. It always just seemed like just terrible drama and chaos in Rayanne's wake, no matter what she did. And I did not find her charming. 
Right. I found her annoying, and she may probably smell like patchouli, um, and cigarettes, and 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 alcohol. Uh, I did, wanted nothing to do with her, and almost every time she was on screen, I, um, I wanted her not on screen, please. Not on screen, please. I do want to point out that A.J. Langer uh, is now the Countess of Devon. That's what I found out in my research. Who's that? Uh, that it would be Rayanne, the actress okay. who plays okay. Rayanne. She married the Count of Devon, presumably, um, and now is the Countess of Devon. Of, Devon. of Devonshire? I assume Devonshire's in there. Okay. I think Devon is in Devonshire. I thought it would be the other way around. Uh, yeah, you, you're probably right. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, I have, there's like, People like this, and I don't think this is a helpful impulse, but when people are like, oh, God, I'm such a mess, I'm always like, stop being that way. <laughs> Just uh, like You are not a licensed therapist, but yeah, <laughs> I have the same thing. I'm like, don't drag me into it, please. Just, uh, I don't know, get up earlier so you can be on time. I don't know. Like, what, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> you seem to be identifying the problem, but if you just stop doing the thing. Don't forget, I feel like you you talked about Jordan and Rayanne sleeping together, but you forgot about the clothing drive that uh, Graham and, <laughs> and Peggy the, or the, the, A plot. <laughs> oh, it's just like, why are you doing this? You don't have to do this. There's also a, the, I guess, part of the, the sub A plot is that Rayanne is auditioning for the school play. Our town. Our town. <clears throat> And then we learn a little bit. We learn a little bit because even though Rayanne fucked Jordan Catalano in red, his car. Yeah. The the person, her best friend, presumably has had been in love with the entire time she's known her. Now we have to feel sorry for her, like almost immediately. Because mm-hmm. she's lost her friend. It's like, yes, you lost your friend because you did something bad. Because of the choices you have made, <laughs> things have happened now. I'm not saying it's not hard for you, but it's also like, don't don't try to turn this around immediately. Like, give it a give it a beat. Um, <laughs> give me a then, beat. Give me a beat. And then we also learned that that you know maybe uh, maybe Angela kind of did that to Ricky in a way, even though. It's with a straight boy, presumably, that... I don't know. He's painting the backdrops for the theater. Yeah, it's true. I guess we don't really get... We don't really <laughs> and he's get not any... interested in kissing Angela at all, uh, even yeah. though she is drunk. Um, and in Rayanne drag, Angela at one point gets into sort of Rayanne. She's like, I'm going to be Rayanne now since Rayanne's wants to be me. She's a bad kid now because she's got and she braids. Gets, like, she gets braids in her hair and she's drinking at school um, and she tries to like... Uh, throw herself on this boy and uh, Ricky gets really annoyed at her for doing exactly what she was criticizing Rayanne for because Ricky was interested in that boy. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know if it's a one-to-one, Ricky, but I, your point stands. Ricky, I mean, if, I'll, I'll allow it for the for the, for the the ending of this 45-minute show, but I don't know if that guy was going to do it. It's not going to hold up in court. But it doesn't matter. Honestly, I mean, Jordan is more into Angela than that guy is into yes. Ricky, but, but it's, when it's you're a teenager, same, don't... Yeah. Don't fuck around with other people's, your friends' crushes. I don't know, but it seems like, you know, with the with all the crushes flying around, who you, who you got left? Yeah, Ricky, if you know where all the fucking boys are every day of the week, <laughs> find another one. 
We also, of course, watched the last episode. Wait, hold on. I wanted to just, because this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. At one point, I don't even know what Krakow is talking about in this episode, but he, at one point he's in the yearbook uh Oh, Jesus. In the airbook room. And there's a sign that says cool stuff behind him. And I couldn't, I could not. At first, I just saw it in passing when he walked into the room. Like, why does that sign just say cool stuff? And then, like, they frame the uh, back and forth between him and this other person. And the sign is behind him the entire time. It's a kid wearing headphones, sunglasses on, underneath in a very 90s font. Cool stuff. Cool and I'm stuff. Like, what is that for? <laughs> what for is cool that stuff. sign for? Cool stuff, man. What's the problem? Paid for by the Cool Stuff Awareness Council. I forgot that also he was taking video for, uh, Krakatoa was taking video for the yearbook, (laughs) year of video, and he videotaped Ryan and Jordan making out and then getting into the vehicle. He didn't, it seems, unless he started back up again, he didn't uh, zoom in and watch them have coitus but he didn't have go full cinemax yeah well, no he went full cinemax because you just stayed outside the car watching their silhouettes going at it what, what one, time what time on skin skinemax you know <laughs> uh 10 mm, no sorry going silhouettes <laughs> um yeah that was a weird story beat because it never sort of uh, unless i'm misremembering it doesn't really pay off he sort of has the tape it and it's sort of hanging over everything that he has proof but, and he tells Ricky about it, and Ricky's the one that breaks it to Angela. Yeah. And then Angela then confronts uh, Rayanne about it. And then Jared Leto comes up to Krakow, um, and, you know, Krakow panics and starts pulling out the tape out of the, the cassette and saying, look, it's gone now. And Jared Leto's like, what are you talking about? Oh, can we cancel study group today? Because apparently in one of the intervening episodes, they became study buddies. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, why did this have to be a thing? I mean, I get that you have an eyewitness, but why we have to have the tape as, as evidence? Because video I guess cameras for a reason that, now. that David Auschwitz would be at the fucking cool club. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. He, he just needed to look behind him in that cool stuff bin. <laughs> Ooh, okay, final episode named In Dreams, Begin yeah. Responsibilities. Now, I don't know if you picked up on this because it's pretty subtly done, but the theme of this episode is dreams. You ever had yeah. any dreams, Deej? What are your dreams? Oh, man. I had one last night. <laughs> Sorry, the podcast went out because nobody cares about your fucking dream. <laughs> Shut up, everyone. I did appreciate when someone said, I had a dream last night. Uh, and they were, uh, I think it's mom. She's yeah. about to tell everyone about it. And the entire family's like, ooh. No. And that's early on that they lay that seed, but then proceed to for everyone to explain their goddamn dreams the entire episode. We do finally get to see mom's dream at some point. And so her high school boyfriend is there, but also Princess Diana's there. <laughs> right. But it's a weird, like, like uh, white face Princess Diana. It's like a weird, like, strangely makeup painted it's very strange it was a very i mean they reenact the dreams in this episode which just gets weirder and weirder as the episode progresses and it's very out of character for the show it seemed like a weird choice to actually reenact the dreams 
This is uh, that uh, camera in the sweater stuff coming back around. Maybe. Know? Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, at first it's uh, Claire Danes. Uh, she dreams that she's running after Jordan Catalano, but her feet are stuck to the the high school floor. And uh, just a dirty th- her floor. mom's, her great aunt's funeral is going on in the school. And this all actually in telling, in words, does sound like an actual dream that people would have. But right. actually filming it, Watch it show. Just don't, yeah. don't, don't push my buttons like that. <laughs> I wrote, I don't know if dream sequences are your forte, comma, show. <laughs> Addressing the show like it's a person. Like it's a person. Okay, sorry. I, uh, we forgot to recap this. I, I just started oh, yeah. railing against uh, dreams. This is pretty much Cyrano de Bergiac in show format. What does happen in this? We get. Uh, this is da- where. Dad starting a restaurant with that lady. He has right. to. The investors aren't like are getting cold feet so he's got a he has makes a dinner with him mom invites her her high school boyfriend over because he has experience running restaurants he had a presumably. restaurant for 12 years but also i think uh, she just wants to see you know uh, i mean according to the at least the gentleman who played him in her dream he was pretty fetching as they say mm. as the uh, youth uh, are uh, saying uh, and uh ricky uh considers uh what it would be like to like date this girl who has a crush on him even though he's not interested in girls Um, that one that storyline made me very uncomfortable at first but then brought it back at the end um yeah we'll we'll talk more about that um what was the like what's the fucking main thing that happened oh okay so uh that's the Cyrano de Bergiac part yeah uh, that's right what's his name uh Krakow writes letters for Jordan to give to Angela. Yeah. But they're really, now DJ, they're really his feelings towards Angela. Okay, okay. And Ricky points out- I didn't pick up on that. While Jordan's using Krakow, Krakow's also using Jordan. Wow. Mm. Wow. Mm. I did not care about that. I mean, (laughs) understand that. Um, Yeah, and we kind of get this moment where- uh, he tells her Krakow really that's his name. <laughs> it's Krakow. Krakow tells her it's uncomfortable to say so often. It is. Uh, Krakow basically it admits to her that he wrote it, and then we have this like kind of soft moment. But then Jordan shows up and is like, "Hey," and so they leave. So again, <laughs> more planting Wonder of over seeds. Again with that charm. <laughs> yeah, well, we also get um just frustratingly no conclusion to the mystery of tino um, no I, I had to look up tino because i was like is he the maris of this episode of this show and he is the maris is. of this episode i liked that he was like he sprinkled throughout he was the guy who was going to get them into the club the first episode he's in jordan's band but we never see him right and also uh at when jordan's drinking gallons upon gallons of milk at the Chase household, um, the phone rings and he says, that's a guy named Tino, tell him I'm not here. And I'm like, why would Tino know you're here? Uh, Rayanne lists him as one of her best friends, Uh, but we never see him. I loved it. I loved every mention of Tino. He was like the Where's Waldo of of this show. I'm like, when's Tino coming in? He's, uh, and his father, he's actually heir to the Totino's pizza roll. It's like (laughs) his father. That's why he's never at school. He doesn't need it. Yeah. 
He's got that pizza roll money coming in. <laughs> sweet, sweet pizza rolls. It was originally his father created Tutino's pizza roll for Tino. He he wrote on it Here, to, to, Tino. to Tino. Yeah, and then they misinterpreted it. And they're like, uh, take out the space. <laughs> take out that colon. That'll never work. Take out the space. Don't you know anything about marketing? So Tino Senior, we're going to make you a million dollars, which is a lot. <laughs> In the it's time also, that we're creating okay, pizza rolls. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Inflation, you see. Pizza rolls cheap now, but in the future, there'll be more. They inflate. Not, I mean, not literally because it sort of oozes out of the side. Yeah. It's going to be boiling lava hot. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'd put down parchment paper. Paker? Paper. paper. I don't paper. know why I said paper. I knew a guy named Paker. <laughs> also, why am I instructing you how to make your own te- uh, pizza rolls? Doesn't make it's, any sense. I'm just the marketing you, guy. Tino. <laughs> uh, well, this is also like not it's not a super great season finale either. Um, even if they were going to move on, they do like you know they continue to kind of plant the seeds. We we uh, Graham the dad has this moment with his business partner where they're like. Are they gonna kiss? But they don't. But there's there's clearly like something going on there, which has been you know set up throughout the season. But they don't like. It's not very. Uh, it doesn't feel like any sort of finale, really. It feels like an episode nineteen of twenty two. Like we're sort of like wrapping up, but we're like not quite there yet. And we get like we set up. Um, I don't know. It feels like a season finale where we know the second season is coming like soon. Where right. it's, you don't really have to have this big ending because we know we're like we're gonna pick right back up, not like next year, but like yeah, in the fall. I don't it didn't know, end just, with Angela shooting Tino or something. Well, and you, you know, know like, the whole second season is gonna be them hiding right. the body. Look, when Grey's Anatomy had the bomb explode, now that's a season <laughs> finale. This poor hospital. Um, guys, can you stop fucking? Because there's real issues going on at this hospital. Let's talk about characters, just in general. Wait, I wanted to get to that Ricky storyline real quick. Please so Ricky, uh, he's thinking about uh, dating that girl because he thinks about what would what would it be like if I was straight? This he say, literally says this is this could be my chance to be straight, right? Because this girl has a crush on me, and that doesn't play very well now. Um, and probably didn't play great then, but I can also understand like a kid in 1994 who's gay. Yeah, I mean, sorry, Eugene. I, like- I did that to you as well. Yeah, I feel like I was going to ask you about that. Like, is that something that you you experienced? Like that same sort of scenario? Oh, yeah, yeah. All I need to do is just date some girls, and it'll eventually it'll click in. I mean, my my feelings towards girls, not my actual genitalia. I don't think <laughs> that they, won't click. They, I don't think they click. Uh, you know, in no sexual sex, scientists still don't know. Um. <laughs> All scientists are gay, and they never got around to checking on the heterosexual sex stuff. Well, the, um, the the girl, uh, I forget her name. What is the? She handles it really maturely. Like Hannah she's like Winnie, Whitney, Whitney. No, I don't know. She's like, aren't you gay? And then she's like, sorry for asking. So. Bluntly, right. you know, basically. And then because she's clearly being really flirty with him and, and likes him. And then And I thought they were gonna play her up as like a clueless girl. I thought right. that's what they were queuing up. And I mean they they were. They were sort of queuing her up to be a cute yeah. clueless girl. And she was like, Aren't you gay though? When he like calls her out and says, you know, oh, let's go out sometime. And she's like, Aren't you gay though? Yeah. I mean, she admits that, yeah, I have a crush on you, but I also know you are gay. 
She was just like, I'm not a moron. She apparently had a, a dalliance with Krakow at some point that we missed and yeah, just w- has been really hurt by it. And so she was like, I just thought it would be nice to have a crush on someone. She calls Krakow a low down dirty dog. She does. Which is, but also in a realistic way, like because she's interested in Ricky, Krakow becomes reinterested in her and wants to like sort of be around her. Even though the impression I got was that he kicked her to the curb uh, right. rather than vice versa, which also feels very uh, teenagery and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, a frozen embryo changed their name, their residue now. Residue. That's right. It was Tino's idea, probably. Also, one last, I have one last note on this, so I, I just want to, on this episode is, everyone at this school hates each other, is the note I wrote. Yeah. Every, even the friends don't seem to like each other that much anymore. Yeah, there's just, there's a lot of, like, sullen glances and stuff, which, <laughs> I mean, that f- I mean, there were definitely, that feels about right. A lot of low-down, dirty dogs at this fucking school. Yeah. A lot of hurt feelings. I got hurt feelings. They're multiplying. <laughs> Uh, Angela. Yes. What do you think about Angela as a character? <laughs> um, I uh, I don't know if I got a f- complete vibe on her, but I will say this, and this goes for all the teenagers. I kind of liked the the teenager. Mm, I liked how all the teenagers were portrayed in this show. Um, I one they're portrayed by teenagers, which which helps rather yeah. than someone who's like. 34-year-old Luke Perry or 20-something KJ Appa, who they're obviously not teenagers at all. Right. And so having them go through supposed teenage problems seems stupid and almost... You either have them go through realistic teenage problems, and it seems like a bunch of 20-somethings are acting like morons, or you have them go through adult problems, and it oddly sexualizes a bunch of teenagers or people you're claiming to be teenagers. I mean... Claire Danes, especially, looks so young in this. She looks 15. Um, And so even though she's exhaustingly angsty and at one point compares herself to Anne Frank, who she says was actually kind of free, and I'm like, ooh, Mm. Angela, no. Uh, (laughs) That's a very angsty 15-year-old thing to say, though. It is. It's a very stupid thing that a teenager would say, and having her played by a teenager very well, um, I think, I I thought worked for the show. It felt very realistic, and uh, while these teenagers really stressed me out, um, I, I liked how all the teenagers were portrayed in this. They felt very real and very tumultuous in their emotions. Um, yeah. And even though they're just a bunch of suburban white kids for the most part, you know, having fairly rote issues of liking the hottest guy in school and he seems like yeah. a fuckboy, um, it felt real. It felt uh, relatable and real, at least to me. I knew I knew someone like every one of these characters. <laughs> uh-huh. Um you know, you have this like the the vapid, you know, stoner guy who's just like, like I said, I mean, he's just like a he's likable in the sense that you're just like, he's just he's just doing his thing, man. He's not you know? malicious, so I can't like, yeah. hold that against him. <laughs> I mean, he does make make mistakes and 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 like do idiotic things, but it's also like he's definitely not. Yeah, he's definitely not doing it maliciously. He's not trying to to hurt her when he sleeps with Rand. He's just being a fucking idiot of like a horny teen. Yeah. Uh yeah, Rand is probably the most 
exaggerated person, but also I knew people like Rihanna mm-hmm. in school because like teens are kind of, you know, they're cartoons of themselves, really, like of their future selves, you know, and I th- I'm sure I was too, you know, like you, you have these, you don't know what to do with all these hormones and these emotions and these right. thoughts and these like relationships, both with, you know, with your family at home. And I thought, I think they did, um, they did sort of portray that. And I, th- I think you hit on a really good point, which is that the parents were the sort of most unrealistic portrayal. And it wasn't like, like the most horrible thing ever, but it did, it was a tonal shift every time we went to the houses. As I didn't mind like either the, any of the parents uh, or at least the, the, the chases. They did have um, good moments. Yeah. And, and I think they're, they were good, but I felt like they could have been more supporting characters than they were. I was much more right. interested in this, this teenage uh, drama uh, than I was in, you know, is the restaurant, are the restaurant investors going to pull out? Who cares? Yeah. No one, no one cares. More, more residue rehearsals, please. What do you think about, uh, this is something really important, uh, that you're going to be really excited to talk about. Uh, <laughs> about that rock and guitars theme song. Oh, I can't even remember the theme song now. WG Snuffy Walden, our friend from Sports Night, from West Wing. From uh, Friday Night Lights. Is that a real person's name? Yeah. W.G. Snuffy, Snuffy Walden. Walden. Yeah. yeah. Never use, if your initials are W, you don't get to go by initials. Because the W, <laughs> like DJ, those are initials. They're one <laughs> syllable. W is three syllables. What are you shortening? My name's like, Walt, but I go by W. I'm going to be calling you Walt. Listen, your name is William C. Handy, and everybody knows it. <laughs> Snuffy, is that also something you said in that collection of Snuffy, words? Snuffy, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like Snuffleupagus is nickname. Look, Snuffy. I don't I don't know the origins of his name. I just like, you know, I like his work. Uh, <laughs> Anytime you have like a rockin' guitar Roseanne, he did the theme song, the original oh, theme song okay. for Roseanne. Anytime you have a, like a rockin' guitars, 90. 90s uh, theme song. There's a good chance he was involved. He did the instrumental stuff, so he didn't do any like. Okay. As days go by, that's not him. <laughs> Michael McDonald obviously sang that theme Burr. song. We oh we had a time uh, was what how uh, Claire Danes characterized um, her friend getting sexually assaulted in the parking lot of Let's Bolt Club. By the way, uh, I just saw that in yeah. my notes. Um. Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of messed up to like, I feel like, as, and maybe this is just me as a man learning more. Like over the like, I feel like we've learned, we've grown a lot. Uh, that that one like aged like milk in the sun. You know what I mean? That, like <laughs> just sort of like not that it happened, not that they depicted it, but that they just sort of breezed right over it. Didn't talk about like yeah her dealing with the after effects of that or you know, being scared to go in parking lots after that or being, you know what I mean? Or like right. having change of behavior or that maybe they do it in the intervening episodes that we didn't see. Maybe they were like, that's why she turned more to drinking even because she was sort of like well, Ricky, trying to cover those emotions. In that scene, Ricky does mention that she won't remember anything because she always blacks out what she drinks. Right. Um, but yeah, it was a very awkward scene and the the show sort of handles it not great. Uh, right, they right. sort of gloss over it and they're just sort of like, that's sort of the consequence of going to Let's Bolt. 
that's the consequence right. of going places. Shouldn't have wear um, all, worn all those braids in your hair. <laughs> yeah, uh, it felt very weird. There was a moment that me and I, Tyler identified with uh, when we were watching it, which was uh, before the sexual assault, they are talking to those boys. And the boys are like, you two want to go to a party or something? Um, yeah. And they're like, yeah, but we can't, we we want to take Ricky. And they're like, no, you two, meaning Angela and Rayanne. Uh, and that was also a very, like Tyler reson- resonated with that because he's like, I remember, you know, all my, you know, girlfriends. Yeah. You know, there was like an understood, uh, that at the time, like there was an understood thing, like if your girlfriend started dating guys or seeing guys, the guys would be weird about you having a, a queer friend. Right. Um, which is weird to say now because I feel like uh, our generation and younger seem to at least, you know, kind of be over that. Um, we, grew, we grew into it at least. I yeah. Because this and, is, uh, yeah, but this is I remember very much generation. like there was an understood like acceptance, like, ah, oh, your boyfriend's going to be weird about you having a, a gay best friend or whatever. Yeah. Oh, except Rayanne's mom is weird, huh? Could you get a beat on Rayanne's mom? Yeah, she was know, like she so was like, like free and easy. Like she's wearing, she had a margarita in her hand, and then she yeah. like she was reading turned. tarot, doing a tarot reading, and yeah. then like, but she's also like she worked something in the medical field, right? She did something. No, she was like a nurse or, or a, uh, something. Yeah, it was something in the medical field. And when she got home, I don't know if there's like a bipolar thing going on yeah. or. Uh, but she was like, really like have everyone over. Yeah. Party over here. But then when she got home during the party, she like flips out and like screams at everyone. And she, then she seems like, exhausting panics. in general. She, yeah. She like panics when Rayanne was like, she doesn't know what to do. She like leaves. I don't know. Where did she well, go? She, she doesn't panic at first when Rayanne's like starting to black out. But then when Rayanne's in the hospital, she freaks out. Yeah. I don't know. It was I. Maybe if I watched more episodes, I would understand what's going on with her. But yeah. it was weird glimpses of this character. Yeah, the one we really only got the one episode, and it was like set up like, you know, Angela was sort of jealous because she liked she was the cool mom. You had the cool mom, and then right. she realized when this crisis happened that like, oh, maybe it's not so always so great to just have the cool mom. You right. got I've got a responsible mom that I can call when I'm in trouble, and that you know. Anyway. And you know what's really cool? Being responsible. (laughs) That's where the party's at. And then Angela Chase and then Peggy Chase, sort of like they cross their arms and they're putting their backs to each each other. And then it it goes to the credits, created by Winnie Holtzman or whatever her name is. (laughs) Wait, hold on. Let me check that before I... uh, I don't want to be too dismissive about uh, the creator of my so-called life because we haven't said their name yet. I don't think my so-called life, and I can't remember my so-called life. Winnie Holtzman. Good job, Damon. (laughs) Brownie, you. Shall we go to the verdict? Yeah. Let's go. Anthopolis. Oh, oh. Let me you tell you me. the verdict. I'm sort of taking a nap during the, the <laughs> musical break. I did. I pulled a switcheroo, but you talked <laughs> over it. I'm going to tell you my verdict because oh. I think it'll be less poignant than yours. Um, <laughs> so I'm actually a little on the fence with this one because uh, I find the sort of teen angst thing so boring and so 
frustrating and I have since I was a teen even when it was coming from my own mouth and brain I was like I'm so exhausting and which is kind of funny because actually uh, Angela says something like that if there was a button somewhere I could push to get me to stop talking <laughs> which I totally feel still to this day um, our concept Agreed. our concept of this podcast is you know like we're taking something uh, from a different era and looking at it through adult lenses and there's a the the tendency and the to feel like that's a linear thing like we've grown since then but the truth is it's just another snapshot like this is how i feel as a, a almost a f almost 40 year old person and that's not really any better than i felt when i was 15 it's just at a different point in time and i like found this very boring and very frustrating but also like i i think there's a good show in here like i think it would have been it could have been like an all timer if they had had time more time to get legs their legs under them like you know there are lots of shows where first season is okay but it gets you into the show then the second season okay that's great the third season they really get going you know what i mean mm -hmm. this feels like that could have been one of those shows where it like really starts to get going in the next maybe the next season maybe the next one after that and i feel it's it's kind of sad that they didn't get that because i think there is really interesting show here and there are really interesting things and i think are really realistic uh relationships also i found it very boring a lot <laughs> and so like i want to say your inner child is an idiot but i can't there's just like too much good stuff in here and too much like potential and i kind of see why people latched onto it and why you'd want to go back and revisit it so your inner child is not an idiot what do you say uh, I say your inner child is also not an idiot. No! Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a, I think, yeah, I can see what you're saying. I think there is a lot of potential here. I mean, my main complaint is that I just don't care about the parents' yeah. drama as much as I care about the teenage drama because the parents' drama is far less relatable than you, uh, I didn't the youth. I didn't think of that when you were, uh, when I was watching it, but as soon as you said that, I, I like, I can picture like the split screen in my head between, <laughs> you know what I mean? The, like the teen drama and the dra parent drama is totally true. I agree with you hundred yeah. percent. Um, uh, but, and yeah, I think that sometimes, uh, I think I'm sure teenagers are still angsty, but I think the teenage angst like really hit an apex in the nineties where I believe it was on the stock exchange for a while that, that you could, <laughs> you could get futures in teen angst. Yeah. Um, it was very like, of the now back then. Angst and uh, to, <laughs> to have teenage angst. And I mean, they're very angsty and very cliche when you think about it, but it also is like, that's, teenagers are having the same thought that a million teenagers have had, but they think they're the first ones to have it. And that was what I really related to in this, right. is that Angela is probably the most cliche teenager that could be, but she doesn't know that She's just feeling her feelings, and teenagers feel their fucking feelings too much. Right. Um, but it felt really relatable. And uh, I, I really thought that the characters felt very, very realistic, even though they frustrated me, Jordan Catalano, or made me feel really uncomfortable, Rayanne. Um, I, I thought, uh, I think it's also. I'm, I mean, I, our show is almost based on the premise of not doing this, but in context, it's also very important to to look at, like, this is a show about a teenage girl and primarily a relationship with her mom, yeah. uh, at least in the episodes we saw. And, and I think that was also somewhat rare in primetime TV at the time, so I think that also explains, while it does feel like this show is still sort of 
coalescing in its first season to what it might have been in a second and third season. I can understand why so many people sort of latched onto right. this show. Yeah. Um, uh, not enough, of course, to keep it on the air. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> too little, too late. Uh, but no, it was very good. Uh, and also, I mean, there is not only a queer character as a main character, yeah. but a queer character played by a queer actor on the show. Yeah. Uh, Wilson Cruz playing um, Ricky. The Latino gay, gay character yeah. as well, yeah. Um, uh, so it's, yeah, I think it is very good. In fact, there's part of me that, I think I will probably go back and watch the rest of these episodes. Uh, so I'll let you know what happened with Graham. Uh, yeah. Who was that woman he was arguing with in the first episode? What's going on there? Was that um, his business partner or was that somebody I, else? I, I guess when I saw the business partner again, I was like, oh, he's having an affair with her. And then he wasn't. So I wonder if Angela just actually saw a platonic argument with this woman. Right. Um, but it obviously there's something more. I think that's why the mom got angry when he revealed that he fights with her because that – that connotes a level of intimacy that That's if right. you are at the level where you would fight with someone on a regular basis, as That's Tyler how, can tell you. Um, that's how you know you and I get down. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, um, no, but this, it, it's very of its moment, but it, I think it's also a very relatable show. It's very well done. I, you know, I have, uh, I'm hypersensitive, allergic even to uh, teenage and child acting. Uh, I even like the the younger sister in this and whatever obscene phone call movie she was describing to her mother in the pilot. I was like, what's going on with that movie? Uh, I really like this. It's a very good show. I would suggest checking it out. I, you mentioned like just this sort of like feeling their feelings, teenagers. And, uh, I, and even though the sort of the, the adults, the parents were more of like broad comedy kind of there's a lot of them even in just the few episodes that we watch of them like just sort of reacting to whatever weird shit <laughs> Angela's doing yeah. like just like looking at each other or even looking at the little sister sometimes just when Angela's like really upset or really happy randomly and then they're always just like what the fuck and I just, I remember those looks a lot and I'm sure they were happening behind my back as well but I remember right. most of them directed at my sister who was, would have been about this age at this time and like just like being like, what is her fucking deal? Yeah, when Rayanne shows up, there's two scenes in the episodes we watch. Rayanne shows up at the front stoop and it's answered by Patsy? Patty? Do we ever Peggy? Who knows? Patty? Um, she uh, She's obviously like, the Rayanne like uh, whirlwind is like coming into her life and she's like, what the fuck is this woman? And then Jordan shows up in that last episode, yeah. uh, drinks all her milk, but uh, she almost gives him a look like, no, Angela, I get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she really does. Cause it's, it's clearly like a, uh, he's an analog for her boyfriend that she's oh, like, yeah. supposed to have dinner with. Did he stand her up or something? What happened to that guy? Did they have the dinner? No, well, he called, uh, and I guess he I forgot. something. I, I think his wife was sick and he couldn't make it. Okay, and that puts the kibosh on on that. That's right. Um, what do you think, everybody? Email us your inner child is an idiot at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail or a text message six one five five seven six zero five two five. You can become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. We want to thank our current patrons, including Scalphosaurus. Uh, Dr. Uh, Malcolm's, uh, yes, uh, Heaving Bosom. Just cuz. <laughs> Heather Tuggle. Tyler Richardson. Captain Jean-Luc Picard. That was Sean Connery, I'm sorry. 
Do you want to do it again? No. <laughs> Kieran Curd. Lindsay Nell. Jonathan Day. The Zesty. Jacob Grimm. The Supreme Ruler of this podcast. Particle Man. Demon's Australian accent. Dramatically placed hot dog. Larissa Maestro. T. Smith. Jeremy Powlin. Kevin from Cleveland. His Honor the Mayor. Dan McIntyre. And Justin Shea. Thank you all very, very, very much. We really appreciate your support. If you want to support like them, patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. I just want to play you this new song I've been working on, Damon. Oh, uh, I, I, Jordan, called, I look. It's called uh, the, the Man with Glasses. Oh, it must be about me, right? It wouldn't be about uh, that time you drew heavy lines around your car's headlights and drew a line between them to make it look like glasses, right? Oh, man with glasses <laughs> is definitely Damon. <laughs> is definitely Damon. That was for my grandpa. Also named Damon and a man with glasses. Wear glasses. A lot of people wear glasses, Damon. So, Th- well, thank you for maintaining uh, uh, eye contact with me throughout <laughs> that song by your grandfather. Do you like how I suddenly was lit from the back? <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys can't see this. It's great. It's a great take. <laughs>